Well, happy Friday and happy Friday of Mother's Day weekend. So, Mom, if you're listening, hi. It's the Speaking Forum podcast. I'm Adam McNutt alongside the host of the program, Mr. Andrew Gamison. Yes, I was just getting super excited. No, I was just going to (laughs) say that you have um, approximately uh, one to two days uh, to get your uh, Mother's Day shopping done, depending on when you're listening to this and and, uh, when it gets posted and all the busyness. But it is... Mother's Day weekend, and so we're very excited to put our focus on motherhood today. And Adam kind of greeted his mom, and so I just want to say hey to my mom and thank her again for encouraging me to contact WJQ um, to get my ministry out there because without that initial contact, this podcast would not exist. So thank you very much, mm-hmm. Mom, for um, encouraging me Um to do things, and if I could just give one word of advice to all of the people out there that aren't thinking very highly of their mom today, moms usually know what they're talking about, <laughs> and you can save yourself a lot of trouble by listening to them. So, <laughs> just just want to throw that out there. And now, Adam, can you give us our quote of the day? A mother is she who can take the place of all others, but whose place no one else can take. That is from Cardinal M. And today I thought that was an appropriate quote because our discussion um, revolves around a blog post that I recently read by a uh, wonderful uh, mother whose name is uh, Denise Dykstra and she's a a friend of a friend of mine and now I guess we're mutual friends because we've been spending some time together here in the studio and I'm excited to have her on the show to talk about that journey. Um, so welcome to the show, Denise. Well, thanks so much for having me. Well, uh, it's kind of interesting because uh, Naomi actually kind of got us together because she knows that you like books. I guess you guys have read books together before. Yeah. And she thought you'd be a good addition to our to our book club. She group. has been telling me this for a year. And so, <laughs> and so we're very grateful that you are here for that. And that episode um, will air in a few weeks. Um, and so look for that. It will be our review of the Magnolia story. Super which, fun. Which is the Chip and Joanna Gaines book. And we definitely highly recommend that. And we also hope that you will pay attention as we review, review our new titles before too long. But right after I... Um, friended uh, Denise on Facebook, I noticed a blog post that she did where she was announcing that she had left her local library. She was an assistant librarian and uh, she made the decision to be a stay-at-home mom of her four boys. She said that their lives were passing very quickly and she wanted to be there for everything they were going through and then some of the struggles that she went through. And so I asked her if she'd be willing to come here and talk about that here on this Mother's Day and give you some encouragement. And she agreed. So we're very excited to, to dig into this topic. Um, so first of all, could you give us a little bit of your Christian testimony, how your uh, walk with Christ became personal to you? Um, yeah. So, uh, Thanks again for having me on. And uh, going back to moms for Mother's Day weekend, I'd have to say that I have some of the best parents in the entire world. And my mom and my dad are are really good friends of mine. I mean, like 
truly, I have to talk to them regularly because they're so awesome. Uh, and I had a great, idyllic childhood. I just, my parents are wonderful. And uh, then, uh, as you should always listen to your parents, <clears throat> I didn't. And uh, <laughs> so I went on a little journey opposite of that. And But God, he's our father. And he just brought me back around. And uh, we, uh, and then when I became pregnant, it was like, oh, all of a sudden, God became so much more than anything I had ever just learned. It went from just a head knowledge to a heart knowledge. And um, I really started my own it's a spiritual journey because you're always changing. If you're not growing in some way, you're falling back. And it's like, you know, if you buy a ton of groceries and you think that they're going to last forever, I mean, just have teenage boys. They're not going to last any time at all. You always have to keep replenishing that. And um, about six years ago, I started reading the Bible all on my own. I wanted to hear what God had to say to me instead of just what an author had to say to me. And um, that really, really made God much more precious than I could ever put into words. And that's where I am right now. All right. Well, that is awesome. And I know we're, we're all on our own journeys. I know for me, I was saved as a young child, but I had a lot of bitterness and resentment for the first nine years of that journey before God finally fully got a hold of me and told me to get out of his way. And he told me that he he showed me that he has all the answers to every argument we have even before the argument comes out of our mouth. So we can save a lot of time by not arguing with God. And so, and that was really the germ that eventually began speaking for him. So I'm grateful for that. All right. Um, well, we're here to talk about motherhood and your family. So why don't you give us a little bit of a rundown on your family? Uh, well, my family is loud. <laughs> I have my husband and I, Jason Dykstra, but I call him Jake. He is the same person. I know the names don't match, but it's just the way we are. Uh, we've been married for, in July, it'll have been 21 years. And then our oldest son, Andrew, is 18 and graduating this month. And I just can't even. And he hates that phrase, so I'm going to say it again. <laughs> I can't even. Uh, and he is very mechanically inclined. He's working for Greenmark in Three Rivers. And uh, he's going to college in Ohio to become a John Deere tech. My son, Isaac, just turned 16, so just pray extra hard for us. <laughs> and uh, my son, Eli, is uh, he is 13. He'll be 14 in June, and he is very into um, running right now. We are in track season. And then our youngest, Abraham, who is Abe. He is really hoping that Michigan State University will recruit him to play football soon, and they're going to work it out that he doesn't actually have to go to college for schooling. He just can be their football player. <laughs> and uh, so that is our our core family right there. And then uh, I, just because I mentioned them a lot, I have two nephews, Levi and Hunter, and uh, Levi is going to have a birthday this week and he is in second grade and Hunter is in kindergarten and they are a hoot. Yes. I, I love to, to follow her posts on Facebook because she posts about 
her family and then also her nephews and well, my are. youngest nephew, Hunter, he truly <laughs> believes that I left the library to stay at home just to make him cookies. I mean, that was the <laughs> whole point. So those cookies had better be coming out of the oven when he walks in the door. <laughs> well, we'll get cookie recipes later. <laughs> um, but at this point, um, could you tell me how you decided to start a blog? Oh, that's a funny story. So I started a blog in, um, I believe it was 2008, and uh, my friend Sue Kramer, she had a blog, Praising Coffee, and um, she we had met. We were meeting at McDonald's Playland because that's what you do when you have young kids. And she goes, I, I really am liking blogging. And we had worked on a bunch of stuff together, writing, and she's like, I think you should blog. And I'm like, Phew. Sounds like mud. Sound, like it doesn't <laughs> sound right. And she goes, I think it would be really funny. And um, so she set it all up for me and I looked at it like, I have no idea what to do with this. And then the big story was the, the one moment was when my kids got into the flour cupboard and there was just flour and powdered sugar from one end of our kitchen to the other. And I'm going, oh, my gosh, who's going to clean this? Oh, I'm the adult. I have to do this. And I was always trying to tell that a moment like that humorously because otherwise it was just going to bog me down. And I'm just always trying to find something joyful in every day. And I decided to write them down and I was, I just loved it. I just loved, I still do. I know <laughs> blogging kind of went away, but I, I it's got to come back. I love it. That's, that's great. Adam, you never did anything like that when you were a kid, did you? Oh, <laughs> uh, no. My mom says I'm perfect. So. <laughs> and then she laughs. Do we have his mom's phone number? Because I bet <laughs> she's got a story. She was <laughs> perfect or she was perturbed. I always get those things confused. We could call her right now. I owe that woman a lot. Trust me. <laughs> no, we, we did have her on the show a, a few years yeah, ago. Yeah, that's right. And so we do have some stories stories um but yes i'm sure we've all been there we've all done the crazy thing that gives our mom stories for the rest of her life i think that's why they become moms so they have stories <laughs> to tell but adam do you have any questions for our guest oh boy um well i have little brothers mm. So I know not a lot about parenting, but I do know (laughs) I've had taste of of moments and I just find as kids get older, it's so cool to see their personalities grow and develop. Mm -hmm. And do you have a favorite moment in that? Not a favorite kid. You don't have to answer that. Impossible. Yeah, right, right. Because never pick favorites, especially grandmas. But um, (laughs) just have you ever had like a special moment or story where you're like, this is the coolest parenting moment? I could not ever pick one. It's like choosing a favorite child. It doesn't exist. But I will say this. um, I actually just wrote a blog post about it. I feel real strong about it right now is, um, you know, you hear so much about when the kids were young. Oh, you know, just there's so much out there about when your kids are young and the teens, they get such a bad rap. Yeah. But Hey, if you've got little kids, keep this in mind. Those teens are awesome. They are so much fun. And I, I wish I had realized just how much fun they were. And I'm so glad that now I get to enjoy it Mm -hmm. all the more because they are hilarious. I mean, (laughs) they eat a ton. I I really can't stress this enough, but, um, so, but it's a totally different kind of parenting. That's awesome. That's great. That, that is awesome. So 
You have this blog. How did you decide to pick the title? I love oh, the title, gosh. by the way. Life with Four Boys Coffee, please. Well, the four boys. And um, I am a coffee snob. My husband will be glad that I am admitting it now. But I, <laughs> I am. And I I love coffee. I just really <laughs> do. I, I am a huge coffee fan. Good coffee. I have to have my French press. I just... It's a whole thing. It's a whole sad thing. It's not sad. It's wonderful. Really. <laughs> Just to put that out there. <laughs> well, we've talked about having tea and crumpets for part of our book club. Maybe we'll have to incorporate coffee. Yeah. Well. well, tea and scones is lovely. Lovely. Down in Abbey, lovely. But uh, yeah, I got to have my coffee. All right. <laughs> So the thing that really um, caught my attention was the first blog post I read of yours, uh, which was shortly after um, we connected on Facebook, which was when you made the decision to leave your position at the library, which for the record, I from the time I was a teenager, I wanted to get a job at a bookstore and then I kind of wanted to get a job at a library because it was kind of like working at a bookstore except I wouldn't spend my whole paycheck on books. <laughs> so that would – that would have been one of my dream jobs uh, to work at a library. But anyway, so you were working at the library and you you made um, the decision to come home and be with your boys, which I think is awesome. But can you elaborate a little bit on how that came about? Well, first of all, if you have a local library, go hug your librarian, not like be nice. <laughs> uh, bring them coffee. You can win many awards. Librarian work is um, – it is very, it's very difficult. It's awesome, but it is difficult. And uh, just really thank your librarians for everything they do for you. But uh, yeah, I worked in a library for seven years uh, as a librarian assistant. And um, it was my, when I started there, I didn't, we didn't know each other, but Alicia was, is the librarian there and we became best friends. Our families vacation together. We're talking like this. This is close-knit. This is a small community. This job is literally around the corner from my house. It is across the street from our school. And uh, I started there when Abe was in preschool. And, um, I mean, it was just it was just every part of, of our lives. And the job itself was great. But I was looking around at all the things that I was missing with my kids and it was just, it was breaking my heart. I, life is made up of so many little moments. You know, you, you think that it's all these big moments. You know, what are the big moments of your life? But a big life is made out of little moments. And I was missing so much of that. I was coming home just exhausted. I wasn't, I was not present in the moment with them. And it was, it was so much. It was just, it was heavy on me. And to, and I didn't realize it. I have to back up a little bit more. I did this scary thing. I um, read this blog post. It's a devotional by Allie Worthington. And she said, pray for God to open doors and open doors for you or close doors for you. I'm messing that up. But that is legit what it was. But I was praying, dear God, please Open the doors that you want open to me and close the doors that need to be closed. And God, give me wisdom to know the difference. Because how do you know? Like, how do you not know that? Oh, wait, I'm supposed to fight for this or I'm supposed to walk through this. And um, so I started praying for that. And I just really felt God's voice saying, you have to leave the library. And I went, I could never do that. And um, but I I did. I, there was one night where it was just it was so heavy on me because I. 
I didn't want to say it out loud. And I looked at my husband and I said, I, I really, I really think I need to leave the library. I need to quit. And he said, there's no way. And, Mm -hmm. um, I said, no, I really, I really do, but I need this to be your decision because I mean, basically you're saying, Hey, I love you. You want to support me from now on for everything, which he's doing anyway. But, um, you know, I wanted to make sure that we were total agreement on that. And he said, and he thought about it because it was such a shock. And, uh, it's like, yeah, let, let's do that. Let's do that. And so in the end of January, I left that job. I say I resigned. I feel like that sounds very professional. I resigned. (laughs) And uh, my husband's like, oh, she quit that job. And um, But my boys say I retired because I'm not an old woman. I happened to get glasses because my eyes were bothering me with my contacts. And my friend Naomi gets me knitting. So I have glasses. (laughs) I'm knitting. I'm drinking my coffee. It was a whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, so um, there probably isn't one, but if you were to describe a typical day for you as a stay-at-home mom, what's it like? Oh, well, I could tell you about today, which was, let's see, laundry and cooking and, oh, we've got to drive. So quick, get ready, like really fast. Um there's really no typical day. The The awesome thing about having left my job is my oldest son, who's going to go off to college right now, he comes, he's got a work program. So he comes home every day at 1030. And it has been such a gift that every day at 1030, I know he's coming home. I know he's going to eat. Usually he has a friend with him. We call him our other son. He um, <laughs> comes and raids our refrigerator too. And, uh, but every day I get like half an hour just one-on-one with him. God, what a gift I didn't even know I was going to have. So that's like awesome every day. But um, it's just the laundry. It's the – I mean, it's so unglamorous. I mean, you – everyone says, oh, you left your job. I bet you have all this free time. And I'm like, I don't even know how I work. Like, <laughs> good, free. I think that was going to be my next question is like when you got done – uh, working at the library, did you then step back and be like, how in the world did I get everything done when I was working? Oh, so much. I, I don't have a clue. The nice thing is that I, I, there was one day where I went, I wonder what time it is because I was hungry. And uh, I have not <laughs> looked at the clock all day. You know, I got the kids ready for school and then I had this time and I didn't realize just how much the clock directed my time my sister lives out in the boonies and um, she does and uh <laughs> um, gps cannot find her address it's like you have arrived and i'm like i know i'm not there and she homeschools her kids and my sister is awesome and uh her none of the clocks in her house work oh, and her, i looked at her calendar and she has nothing on it. I'm like, seriously, Diana, like, how do you live like this? And I have everything, you know, timed at the time. Obviously, I was still working. Everything timed out till hourly, half hourly. And just like, I don't know. I don't know how you live the way you live. I mean, you just do what you do in the moment you're at. So awesome. So what do you think um, was the biggest adjustment for you when you made this decision to come home? Like, it's one thing to make the decision, but then to actually do it. What was the biggest adjustment for you during that period? Um, well, I have a very vivid imagination. So I had a little chat with God and I said, so I'm going to, you know, 
leave because you told me to. I'm doing <laughs> what you told me to. Yeah. So, you know, you just flow those blessings right down upon us. And uh, that's not exactly how it happened. So within the time that I left my job and uh, let's see, my husband's hours got cut at work. His vehicle broke down. We, um, I was without a vehicle for a week. There was one day that I literally walked to work. I mean, worked, walked to school to pick up the kids and had to bring a sled to bring them back home because all the stuff. I mean, it's just so much. Uh, like, and I, and I just kept praying to God, like, God, I, I trusted you. I did this. Like, where are you? And you just hear that voice, like, trust me. And the journey that we're on, I don't see the end result yet, but I do. There's a such a peace in knowing that what we're doing is the right thing, even though on paper, and if you tell someone, it doesn't seem to make any sense. Um, and the other thing that was really did not, I did not expect this. I didn't expect to go, oh, yeah, I, I quit my job. I'm a, I'm a stay-at-home mom. Like, I had to mumble it out. And no, I'm a stay-at-home mom. I get to stay home. I get to do this. What a gift. And, but it was really hard for me to make that adjustment because when they ask you what you do, you can say, I'm an assistant librarian. And doesn't everyone want to be a librarian? But when you say you're a stay-at-home mom, I just felt like it was demeaning. And yet it's not. That really took me by surprise that I would have that feeling. And yet that if I, and yeah, if I sat here and asked you to list every individual task you did, and then we you, don't have enough time. No, I, my, <laughs> po- my point is, if I did that and you put it on a resume, people would be like, you know, how much money did you make when you did all this? Because it, it looks like it would be a really high well, and salary it's an unglamorous job. thing to do. But oh my goodness, what a difference it makes that you are not barking. I'm not barking orders at my kids. Like, get the table set. We gotta eat. We gotta eat right now because we gotta run to this. Blah 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 blah. There's such a piece. You can't put a price on that. Um, but it just, it made such a difference just having that time. Oh, absolutely. I, I mean. No, I did. I, I will say I went through this whole declutter thing. Like we are cleaning the house because I've got this time. This is what we're going to do. And my oldest son says, you have a magnet that says doll women have immaculate houses. And I think you need to look at it because <laughs> I was cleaning everything. I mean, our awesome. poor, our poor trash guy. I, was, I felt like I should apologize to him, like run him <laughs> out cookies. I'm so sorry. It's overflowing. I was going to say, bring him cookies. Except don't bring him all the cookies because your nephew would be mad at you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, that I mean, that is so good. I always tell people, they're like, they they always say, well, did your mom do anything else besides being a mom? I said, she didn't have time to do anything else. I mean, she homeschooled us. There were 11 of us. It was busyness and insanity, and it still is to a degree. I mean, she still organizes carpool uh, for the ones of us that that live at home because we live quite far from everything. And so she still has to use those, those organizational skills. Um, and so definitely she, you know, she wouldn't have had time to pursue another outside job because her, her job as a mom of 11 was full time plus, but see the exciting thing is that she, um, now has the, uh, a direct influence in six new families that my siblings have started. And, uh, and so she, she shot them, you know, shot my siblings into the world and now they're make now they're difference makers. 
in the place where God has put them. And so it's just exciting to see. And, you know, she has the potential, God willing, to to have influence on, you know, five more families. Mm-hmm. So it's just exciting how how big her influence is going to stretch even though she never left home. It's very exciting to me to think about that. Well, I always say if anyone says that I, I'm doing a good job as a mom, which is hard. I don't know why we have a hard time taking that. Cause I guess you don't know how to say thank you for that. But everything I learned, I learned from my parents. I just have phenomenal parents. So happy Mother's Day, Mom. But, yeah, my mom is – if she were here, she'd be like, oh, honey, oh, honey. But <laughs> my mom is amazing. But if we could back up just a second and think about that for a second. If somebody said that you were a great librarian. I would say thanks. Don't look at the books too close because I still have to sing the alphabet song every time I alphabetize. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. But I guess the point I was getting to was: Don't you think it was it would be it'd be more comfortable in a lot of ways to be known as a good librarian than to than to even consider the idea that you're a good mom? I just feel like culturally that's a problem that we have where we don't feel like that can be a headliner and I feel mm-hmm. bad about it because I feel like it, it like we need to be doing, a lot of kids. We need to be doing more than, but really what more could you possibly do than invest in your children? Yeah. And that's, that's what the, that's what the quote of the day talked about is that, you know, you could do a lot of things, but no one can replace your place as a mother. It just can't be done. So, um, all right. So we talked about the biggest adjustment, um, and you kind of hinted at it a little bit, but could you talk a little bit more about what the biggest blessings have been since you decided to come home? Oh, I wrote this down because I, I knew that you were going to ask me this and I have, oh, here, here's my notes. Um, <laughs> a saying yes to things, like saying yes to being able to come up to this podcast, which shout out to my husband who's watching the kids while I'm up here, but... um. It's so nice to be able to say yes to having tea with someone, with a friend, or meeting someone for lunch, which that can chop up your day. So those were an unexpected blessing. But there was one night, you know, like I said, you have all these little moments that make a really great life. But there was one night where I was sitting downstairs watching a movie with the boys, and it was Jurassic Park. And, (laughs) (laughs) and, but it was just... It was a never-ending winter, and we had the fireplace going, and I was sitting there with all four of them, which their ages, 18, 16, 14, or soon to be 14 and 12, that's hard to do. That's a difficult thing to do. And all four of us were there, and we're just all watching this movie, and we're all laughing, and I thought, this moment, this this moment is so precious, and I'm just so thankful to have it. And um, that's just been a huge blessing that I didn't I didn't see coming. Like I just I didn't realize I didn't realize how much that would strike me, how much that would mean to me. Okay, well, as as people are listening today, perhaps someone has been considering a similar decision to what you made, where God may be starting to prod them that they should come home and be with their family, or maybe they're at home and they're just uh, kind of discouraged. With that decision, because I, I, I thought I thought it was so great that you talked about how it wasn't just sunshine and rainbows and everything fell into place. Because no, I, no, because I kind of feel that way about my ministry. Because I kind of, I, I, I took a long time to surrender to starting speaking for him, 
And so my thought process when I finally did was, I'm going to preach at 48 churches a year. I'm going to have so many things on my calendar. I won't know what to do. I'm going to be known all over the United States and I'm going to have, you know, so much stuff to do that I'll have to make decisions about what to turn down. And it wasn't that way. And it still isn't that way. Um, it's been a, a slow build and, you know, I kind of joke that I still am looking for that one podcast that's going to go viral. <laughs> but uh, the point being that just because I obeyed God didn't mean that it was going to be an instantaneous, like the smash hit the way we think about success. You know, when you talk about overnight successes, you think about you think it was an overnight success. But, but it was. But it's really about the nights before that one exactly. night that yep. make it a success. So I really I like the fact that you talked about how it's a struggle. So what advice could you give to someone who's listening who is starting to feel similar things that you did. Um, this was a this was something that I really I wrote this question down and went to write notes about it and I just kind of I just really just was really praying about this because I'm sharing with you my journey. My journey is not your journey. There there are different things and I read today in my devotional Galatians five twenty six. We will not compare ourselves with each other as if one of us were better and another worse. We have far more interesting things to do with our lives. Each of us is an original. And um, like I said, I'm a vivid imagination. So I have told God exactly like, I think I have a really good idea of how life could be <laughs> awesome. And uh, you know what? God is a better author than than anything. He can come up with something that is so much more than I can imagine. And um I have friends who are out there who have their own business and are rocking it. They have young kids and they are doing awesome. That is what God called them to do. And he is going to give them the strength and the ability and the creativity and the energy to do that. And I see it in them and I applaud them. And then God called me to come home and I had to listen to that. Um, he calls us each to our own thing. The hard thing is is taking the time to hear it, to to listen to it. And we do expect everything to be instantaneous. And it, it's not. It's, again, back to it's all these little things. I read a book um, that really, really meant a lot to me was Melanie Schenkel's Church of the Small Things. She has a new devotional out called Everyday Holy. Librarian in me, I have to give a book. Um, <laughs> and uh, that book really, really made an impact on me. In fact, I quote it in the blog post that you mentioned, too. She it, she's put into words what I was thinking. So that's why she's an author. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, the, another thing that I really feel strongly about is we need a community. Uh, we have so much back to instantaneous with our social media. So, so many times we compare ourselves to what's on social media or we just have our friends on social media. And I really feel we need to have a community. You need to have those people who you can say, Hey, I, you're older than me. I I need your advice. I need you to help guide me. Or hey, I need this community. We all need to. Even when we're tired, we need to hang out at a bonfire and connect with each other. You need that, and I really feel strongly about that. No matter what what phase you are, and that really helps you talk this stuff through and balance it off. Oh, I agree. I I heard a speaker say once that everybody should have a Paul and a Timothy in their life. Mm-hmm. A Paul who's pouring into them and a Timothy who they're pouring into. And I really try to take that to heart. I work at Potter's House Christian School and I have a great opportunity to pour into the into the next generation. But I also have 
several friends that are older than me um, because partially because I was homeschooled, but just in general, my parents really taught me to not look at a generation gap. Matter of fact, there was one time we went to a cousin's open house and, and one of, one of our relatives came up to my mom and he said, I can tell that your kids are homeschooled because they went up to every single person regardless of age and, and talked to them as if they were just a regular person and didn't worry about the age gap. Now I know that can transcend homeschooling, but the point that I'm making is that the generation gap is something that we manufacture in our culture and it's something that's really bad for us and I feel like if you have someone that you are challenged to be an example to and then someone whose example is challenging to you, then that's a good balance to have in your life. So I definitely resonate with what you're saying. And yeah, I, and it it goes back. Iron sharpens iron, and we need each other. We really need that community. But, yeah, it's it's a real shocker for me when I'm like, oh, I'm the older mom now. Like, <laughs> I have to give advice. But I do. I, you know, that's. Not like I'm just going to walk around and say, hey, your baby, blah, 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 blah. And when I was a mom, blah, 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 blah. You're not going to do that. But just to invest in other people, you need to have people who fill into you, but you need to spill out and pour into other people. It's so, oh, it's so vital. Well, and I'm sure my mom thought she would never get there, but now my youngest sister's 17. And so she's there. She's mm-hmm. doesn't have any little kids at home and. But now so, she gets to be a grandma and yeah. she gets to invest in their lives. I she mean, does. it just, you just keep going. Yep. It's, it's the cycle that God puts us on through life. And I love being an uncle and Lord willing, hopefully someday I'll be a dad. But, um, that hasn't happened yet, but I'm still praying for it. But until then, I love being an uncle and, um, we're actually having, um, my brother's family come stay with us for a few weeks. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, yeah, shout out to uncles. Uncles get to always be cool. I mean, <laughs> it's just like, well, you're the big brother, so you get to be super awesome too. But yeah, or cheesy. Yeah, but yeah one or the what other. They're well, stuck see, with you. Well, well see, see, here's the deal. I thought I was going to become the cool uncle by always having candy or cookies to offer, but then um, some of my nephews and nieces are on special diets, so that kind of blows that method. So I have to get, <laughs> have to get more creative than that. But. Uh, as they get older, they definitely pay more attention, and I love hugs, so that's a great part about being an uncle. But, uh, all right, well, we're almost done, but do you have any stories or maybe one particular story you can tell us about your motherhood experience? It's like choosing a favorite child. It is impossible. I will say that uh, I wish that I had written more things down. Um, I wish you just think you're going to remember these things. I'm really good at jotting little things down on my calendar, but um, no, I you can't pick a favorite. I could list a, a bunch of stuff that um, people love when I retell the stories, but I could truly embarrass my children. And, you know, it's Mother's Day, and I really, really want them to like me this weekend. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it, it – Man, there's not a manual for being a mom, but good grief. It, it is more fun than I ever imagined it would be. Adam, she hasn't gotten her Mother's Day gifts yet. So if we had done this after Mother's Day, maybe we could have gotten more (laughs) stories. Yeah, right. That's the way to the the heart a little bit. A couple gifts and a nap. All right. Well, do you have a favorite Bible verse? 
I do not. I, but what I do do every year is, uh, I choose one word to concentrate on for the entire year. And, um, so this year is a ha- it's a long process. I pray over it. I overthink things dramatically. <laughs> I just, I just do, but I really prayed about it and I really wanted God to give me his word. I come up, I come up with great words every year, but the, he never lets me choose those. Um, this year, the verse was, the word was joy. Um, and the verse that came to me was, you shall go out with joy and be led forth with peace. And that was Isaiah 55, 12. And, uh, I really, um, there's this old, ver- uh, old song and I woke up with that song just stuck in my head and I just, I just knew joy was my word for this year. And wow, I could not have, it's just been an amazing word for me this year. I've loved it. All right. Well, thank you very much. Um, it's been great to have you in the studio. Thank you it's for sharing fun. your story. Thank you for having me. And uh, like I said, she's going to be on in a few weeks when we discuss the book, The Magnolia Story, and hopefully she'll be on some future book club podcasts as well. Um, Naomi, who brought her into the studio, is nodding yes. So. Well, Naomi also got me started on knitting. So, she, I mean, she kind of – Got me old. Got me doing book club. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like you said, she's building a community right she here. Is. <laughs> so there you have it. Well, before we um, get too off track, I will just say that I hope you have a wonderful Mother's Day weekend. Um, tell your mother you love her. And if she's not around, maybe um, you could still write her a letter and express some of those feelings that could be very cathartic for you. And um, I just hope that God will be with you, whatever your family situation is this weekend, and that you find rest in the only one that can give you rest, and that is Jesus Christ. I hope that you have a wonderful Mother's Day weekend, and that as always, you keep serving the best of masters. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Your host has been Andrew Gomison, founder of Speaking for Him. For more information on today's show and to leave us comments and voicemails, visit speakingforhim.blogspot.com. You can find Andrew's ministry at speakingforhim.com. That's speaking, the number four, H-I-M. You can also interact with us at facebook.com slash speakingforhim and on Twitter at Speaking for Him. And when you look for us on iTunes and Stitcher, let us know what you think of the podcast by leaving a rating and review.